What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. All right, let me open my coffee here. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike, and today I want to share with you what I think are the top 10 most iconic horror scenes of all time. I went back and revisited some of my favorite horror movies and picked out the scenes that I think stand above all other scenes in any horror movie ever made. In the movie review, it is movie crew suggested. I'm looking for a horror movie that somehow I may have missed. And you guys nominated the movie The Dark and the Wicked. And in the trailer park, we'll take a look at this new Super Mario Brothers animated movie, which I am now oddly excited for. So shout out to the Monday Morning Movie Crew for listening every single week. Thank you for being so subscribe, sharing this podcast with a friend who also loves movies, because that's what we do on this podcast. And now, let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. If you can tell by that intro, I am pepped up and ready for this episode today. I'm just two sips into my coffee and I'm already amped up because I love horror movies. And now that it's October, I'm trying to center all of the episodes around horror movies. And today, I have this list of what I think are the top 10 most iconic horror scenes of all time, at least according to me. And overall, the impact that these scenes specifically and these movies specifically have had on horror films of people trying to reenact them, people doing odes to these scenes. I just think these are the most iconic ones and we'll give some honorable mentions here. But let's start the list off now at number 10. I'm going to go with the shower kill scene from Psycho. 
Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho came out back in 1960. If you want to go back and watch it now, it's actually available on Peacock, which has a pretty good library of horror movies for Halloween. And I wanted to start this list off with the classic black and white, the soundtrack and the imagery in this scene where you don't really see a lot of the brutalness of it. A lot of it is implied and seeing that black and white blood, seeing that look, that expressive look on Janet Lee's face in this scene and overall just Alfred Hitchcock's vision come to life. He didn't invent the slasher movie, but I feel like this is the textbook go-to that every slasher movie that came after it, every movie on this list owes a lot of credit to. So at number 10, I am going with this scene from Psycho. It also helps that this scene was parodied in a Treehouse of Horror episode on The Simpsons, which a lot of my influence in movies came from discovering scenes on The Simpsons. I didn't know what they were from at the time because I watched The Simpsons as a kid and I just knew the references and then later watched the movies. So I think this is one of my favorite ones that they reenact with Homer and Maggie. At number 10 is Psycho. At number 9 from 1990. I'm putting the hobbling scene from Misery where Annie breaks Paul's legs. Kathy Bates gives one of the most powerful performances in a horror movie in Misery that I think sometimes stays off the radar a little bit of how impactful this movie was and how sinister this movie was. And the thing about Misery is it's not really your typical horror movie. There's no ghosts and ghouls or supernatural things, really anything that involves, you know, the normal things we expect, the slashing, the cut, like all those things aren't really in misery. The reason misery is so scary is because this could actually happen. There could be a situation like this where somebody is such a super fan of somebody, in this case, a fan of the author and keeps them hostage in their house. Like this could really happen. So that almost elevates the level of horror here. But a lot of credit goes to do with Kathy Bates' performance of being this deranged person. And then James Kahn of really giving that great performance of somebody who is utterly terrified. And I think you hear that a lot in this scene. A lot of this is the actual action being done, which it's really hard for me to watch people's bones break in a movie or in like a fail video. There's just something about people breaking a bone that makes me queasy. And in horror movies, I can really watch anything. Any blood or guts is not, there's nothing too crazy for me, but you put a broken bone on the screen and I just can't handle it but you also just have James Conn's you can hear it in his voice of how utterly terrified he is of Kathy Bates so that no matter what level of horror fan it makes it really hard to watch so at number eight the scene of Annie breaking Paul's legs in misery whatever you think I'm not doing it please don't do it Annie for God's God's sake it's for the best Annie please ah! Ugh. Almost done. I I can bear, that's all I could play of that clip. Just hearing the pain in his voice, like that's such great acting, and then hearing her stay completely calm. That is horror. 
At number eight from 2000, American Psycho, the scene around hip to be a square. You have Patrick Bateman played by Christian Bale. He's talking about one of his favorite songs from Huey Lewis and the News. And then he murders Paul Allen played by Jared Leto with an axe. And this scene is one that I wish I could go back and watch for the first time, like just wipe my memory and watch this scene again because it's just so shocking when this happens again it kind of goes back to the performance of the actors here of christian bale's character in this movie being a really unlikable person being so weird and kooky and he's going on about huey lewis in the news and he's putting on this raincoat and then you just don't expect it it's the shock value in this scene and i think it's that scene alone that makes this movie it's why this movie has continued to be one of my favorites and I think Rick's up there as one of the best horror thrillers of all time. So from 2000, it's Christian Bale taking an axe to the head of Jared Leto. I think they're undisputed masterpieces. Hip to be square. A song so catchy. Most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of friends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! And it's just that scream right there and the quick just going from talking about the song to, hey, check out my axe. At number seven, this is definitely one. If you've never seen this movie, you probably know this quote, whether it be from this movie or whether it be from Johnny Carson himself. But it's from 1980, the movie The Shining, and it is Jack on the attack. You have Jack Nicholson in his most deranged role, I feel, of his career. The one... Aside from the Joker that I probably associate with him the most. Again, we have another Stephen King movie on the list. And in this scene, Jack, played by Jack Nicholson, forces Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall, into the bathroom. And then she finds out she can't squeeze through the window to escape. And you have Jack Nicholson taking this axe to the door, chomping at it bit by bit until he is able to force his way through and says this. <laughs> Here's Johnny. And The Shining as a whole just has a lot of great horror imagery from the blood coming off the elevator, the two twins at the end of the hallway while the kid is on the tricycle staring them down. But this scene with Jack Nicholson and the axe is by far the most iconic and has landed it at number seven on this list, The Shining from 1980. At number six... From 1976, another Stephen King addition to this list. I didn't even do this on purpose. It just shows you how much of a grip that Stephen King has had on us all over the years and how many iconic titles he has written and have had movie adaptations of. But it is Carrie and it is the bucket of pig blood scene. And it happens after winning prom queen. Carrie, played by Sissy Spacek, is doused with a bucket of pig's blood. And here is that moment. Oh. Oh. 
And that, my friends, is why I did not go to prom. I mean, I think the real reason is probably because I didn't have friends, let alone anybody that would go as my prom date, but also that this scene has been burned into my head. At a very young age, I remember watching Carrie and feeling like her actions that came after this were totally justified. Could you imagine being in that scenario? But that bucket of blood will always be in my memory. So from 1976, we're going with Carrie. We are in the top five now, and I promise I did not do this on purpose. I just ranked these as I saw fit after coming up with this list. But at number five from 1990 is It, another Stephen King entry here. And it's the scene where Georgie follows his paper boat down to a sewer opening and that's where he meets Pennywise, the child-killing clown. And I think it's the chokehold that this scene had on me as a kid. I should not have watched it as young as I did. And I'm not even afraid of clowns. I have no problem with clowns. But I don't think you can watch this scene without fearing them just a little bit of how scary they made it how great of a job that Tim Curry did bringing this character to life. But here is that scene from the 1990 version. And balloons too. All colors. Do they float? Oh yes, they float. They float. And when you're down here with me, you float too! And I chose to include this version, even though I really enjoyed the 2017 version. I thought they had a very fresh take on it. I thought Bill Skarsgård's performance was comparable to Tim Curry's in some aspects. I think that version was a little bit better because of the production quality. And I felt like Bill Skarsgård gave an equally menacing performance as it. I really loved his vernacular in that same scene. If you put those scenes side by side, they both have things that I love, but you got to put the original there from 1990. At number five is the storm drain scene. At number four from 1984, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the movie that changed the way we slept forever. Another movie with so many scenes that you could really pick from. The first time Freddy comes on screen or Nancy in the bathtub and the razor blade hand coming up from under the water his arms being stretched out like crazy but the one that i think is the most iconic and the biggest triumph from nightmare on elm street at number four is glenn's bloody death scene and this happens when the character glenn played by johnny depp accidentally falls asleep while he is waiting for nancy's call and the image of him sinking into the bed and then all of the blood just come pouring out of that hole that he fell into. And they flip the bed and you just see gallons and gallons of this blood river just flowing. And then his mom discovering the scene and not knowing what's happening. That is what made this movie. And here is that scene. So from 1984, that is Glenn's bloody death from A Nightmare on Elm Street. I still think that's probably the strongest in the entire franchise, and it's hard to beat the first one. I really love Dream Warrior, so I'd probably put that one after this one. But this is a franchise that, even with every reboot they've done, I always just like them a little bit. I root for them to be good. I think overall, out of all the big franchises, whether it be Halloween, Child's Play, Friday the 13th, I feel like A Nightmare on Elm Street has the most 
solid movies. All of those franchises have bad movies, but I feel like if you just sat down to watch any random Nightmare on Elm Street because of scenes like this, because it's so important of how creative Freddy's kills are, I think they have the most solid filmography. So I feel great about putting that one at number four. At number three is a movie that came out almost 50 years ago, which is incredible to me. And it is The Exorcist. And the scene is when they are performing The Exorcism and the infamous head spin scene from 1973. You have the father attempting an exorcism on Linda Blair's character as her head. Well, let's just say displays this remarkable versatility of being able to rotate 360. 60 degrees. And remember, and The Exorcist is viewed as one of the scariest horror movies of all time. And maybe to today's generation, it doesn't seem as scary anymore. But remember, this movie came out 50 years ago. And to put something like this so radical based on a book that was fictionally based on true events, it utterly terrified audiences who had never seen anything like this before. So this was one of the first movies to really do that. And this is without a doubt the best part of the entire movie. The scene as a whole is pretty vulgar, violent, shocking, but ultimately just downright scary. And here is that moment from The Exorcist. By this sign of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns, with the Father and the Holy Spirit. David! So just a really creepy scene, a very controversial scene. And that is just something you don't mess with, with spirits and demons. Like that is the kind of movie that gives me nightmares. So that is number three, The Exorcist. Moving on to number two, also from the 70s, from 1978's Halloween is the scene where Laurie Strode hides in the closet. You have Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, comes right after she tells the children to go hide in the bathroom, and Laurie decides to go hide in the bedroom closet, but Michael Myers finds her and tears through the closet door in my favorite Halloween movie of all time. And here is this iconic scene. And there's so much I love about this scene and why I think it is so iconic. It's Jamie Lee Curtis's performance. And then you have Michael Myers outside of the closet and he seems kind of like a buffoon in this scene, to be honest. He is, as you heard in that clip, just breathing and muttering and tearing through this closet. Instead of just opening the door, he decides to rip through it. And it's that scene of seeing Laurie Strode down on the floor, crying, curled up, knowing that Michael Myers is right there. And then seeing him with a knife blasting through this closet door. You have the wood going everywhere. And then his white face appears with no expression whatsoever. And I think that is the perfect way to bring all elements in this movie and bring them all to their highest potential in such a vulnerable scene that will never leave my memory. So even though that is my favorite horror movie of all time, it didn't quite make number one. But before I get to number one, here are some honorable mentions that almost made my list. From Child's Play in 1988, I love the scene where Chucky escapes and you have Catherine Hicks who threatens to throw him in the fire. And then that's when Chucky comes to life and this moment goes down. I said talk to me, damn it, or else I'm going to throw you in the fire. You stupid ah! to jump with me. No! No! 
I love that scene, but I'm not sure that everybody watches that and can associate with that movie. So it didn't quite make my iconic list. Another one I love is from 2013's The Conjuring. I think one of the scariest moments is when she starts playing hide and clap with the ghost in the house. And then this happens. Like even just hearing that part of the movie gives me chills again. I was also going to put the chest burster scene from Alien in 1979. <laughs> which is a great scene and a great movie. But for some reason, I don't really consider Alien to be a horror movie. I associate that more as a sci-fi movie. I know it's like a sci-fi horror movie. But when it comes to movies I watch around Halloween season, I don't really go to watch Alien. And then the other one that almost made my list was from 2002 in The Ring where Samara comes out of the TV. That was another really good one, but didn't quite make the list. What did make it? Well, it's another one from the 70s. So I kind of ran into a theme here with being pretty heavy with the Stephen Kings and also being pretty heavy with movies from the 70s. But from 1974, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it is at the very final moment in this movie, the chainsaw dance. You have a very frustrated Leatherface swinging his chainsaw like a madman in what I believe to be the most iconic horror scene of all time. And before I tell you why, here is just a little bit of that scene. And that's all it is, it's the sound of the chainsaw. But everything about this scene is perfect. The setting, you have this dirt road in Texas and Leatherface is there looking completely deranged. You have the sunset in the background overlooking the plane as it goes down. And it's such a beautiful scene for such a gory, movie for all the things that happened in this and to bring it all together and really kind of give some real depth to Leatherface who otherwise has said nothing. But this is the first time you see any kind of somewhat of a human element to Leatherface and it made him just look like that much more of a deranged character to be so frustrated that he just wields around the chainsaw with no regard. And I know not everyone references this to Leatherface doing a dance, but that's what I see it as. Him spinning around like a tormented ballerina, you think. Why would somebody dance at a moment like this? Why would somebody choose to express themselves in a way like this at this point in the movie after everything's gone down? And it kind of provides a little bit of beauty where it's not supposed to be. And that's why I think this moment is perfect. That's why I think this one scene has stood the test of time and why I think this is the most iconic because out of all these that have made the list and are memorable in their own right, there is no way to recreate this scene ever. And I wonder if this moment was kind of an inspiration in 2019's Joker, wherever Joker just completed his first kill and is frightened for a second. He takes off running and instead of really hiding the evidence, instead of getting rid of the gun, he goes into a bathroom and breaks out into dance. So maybe that was inspired a little bit by Leatherface and the chainsaw dance from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's why I put that moment at number one on the list of the top 10 most iconic horror scenes. If you think I missed one or you think one should have been rated differently, 
let me know. Send me an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com or hit up my socials at MikeDestro. That's Mike, D-E-E-S-T-R-O. If you miss any of that, it's always in the podcast episode notes. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It is Horror Movie Month on Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, and I'm about to do a movie crew suggested movie review. I'm trying to find a horror movie that somehow I just may have missed, so I asked you guys online, what is a good movie that you've seen in the last five years that you would rate at least four out of five stars? And the movie that got the most votes is a movie from 2020 called The Dark and the Wicked. It's about this brother and sister who return home to say bye to their dying father. He lives out on this very secluded farm, and their mom starts acting really, really weird. She warned them not to come to their house, and as he is slowly dying, they are there to mourn him. There's this dark presence that starts surrounding the farm. They start seeing all of these crazy things. They start having all of these crazy nightmares, and the line between reality and nightmare just starts to bend and you can't tell what is actually going on. So for me, I have probably a fear of dark presences, a fear of demons. This movie was right up my alley to keep me on my toes. It's a pretty low budget movie. So here's just a little bit of the dark and the wicked trailer. There are things in this world, horrible things, wicked. And they come for whoever they want. I saw something. She wasn't crazy. Do you smell him? He's close now. He's already here. 
So this movie did a very good job. It doesn't give away a whole lot in the trailer. And there is a lot of self-harm in this movie. So if that is hard for you to watch, may not be the movie for you. I would say there were times in this movie that, again, I don't easily get queasy, but some of the things were so shocking and very realistic and just overall very brutal that I found myself audibly expressing myself while watching a movie, which I rarely do. I was like, oh, man, I did that a lot in this movie. And it starts with them going to be with their dad who is dying and their mom starts acting really weird as she starts to see things around the farm. She starts to hear things and then they start to experience and see what their mom was warning them about. And I think it was the country setting in this movie that really kind of brought it home to me because this looks a lot like the house that my parents live on now. And usually when I watch scary movies, it's always in a big fancy house. And I'm like, I'm never gonna be in a big fancy house like that. Ghosts and demons only exist in people's homes who have money, but this took it out to a Texas farm. So it felt very realistic to me. And the other thing about this movie is normally all the scary parts in a horror movie happen at night. You're safe during the day. It's all good. It's all building towards crazy things later. Sometimes you get a jump scare every now and then, but usually it is nothing during the day. This movie, there are no rules. Scary things happen during the day. Scary things even more so happen at night, but it's almost the scenes that happen in broad daylight that are even scarier in this film. And since this movie is a low budget movie, a lot of how the tension is built is through the cinematography through the acting, and this movie did a really great job at building this sense of tension. It felt like it was building towards something, even though it had a pretty slow pacing and kind of an odd, interesting pacing, but somehow it worked that it kept it tense, even though there wasn't a lot of major action throughout the movie, and I think that has to do with them not having the biggest budget, but the things they did show were important, but it was almost the things they didn't show where your imagination was able to go that made it even scarier. Just having this presence there and having certain scenes framed a certain way made it a lot more scary. It kind of reminded me of the original Halloween where that movie was done on a very low budget and a lot of that was what you didn't see that made it scarier. So The first 30, 40 minutes of this movie are actually pretty slow, but in a good way. I like, at times, a slow burn movie if it's done the right way. And I also found myself feeling a way I haven't felt in a movie like this before. It's kind of a sad movie. Horror movies, to me, usually aren't very sad because you expect people to die. You expect people to get killed. That's kind of the fun of a horror movie. But this is a movie where you feel sad for the people involved. And it just kind of hit me in a way of like... I don't know why I am watching such a sad movie right now. And I think it has to do because going back to a lot of the scenes have to do with self-harm. That is a very hard thing to watch. But overall, I feel like this is a pretty bare movie. There's very little dialogue. A lot of it is, like I said, the characters kind of sitting in their sadness. And that also kind of helps push the narrative of what's actually going on here. I think for me, I maybe needed a little bit more plot and details as far as what the demonic presence actually was and maybe even just seeing a little bit more of that. But again, it's a pretty low budget movie, so they were actually able to do a pretty good job at that. 
If I am left just wanting more after watching a movie, I think that's a pretty good sign. But I think that is why you guys suggested this movie the most. And even though certain parts fell a little bit flat because they lacked a little bit detail, it felt like a classic horror movie. I got a little bit of Exorcist vibes. I also got kind of the more modern horror take on things, kind of like The Conjuring did in 2013. So I can see why this movie has had an impact in the last couple years and Kind of sad and surprised that I missed this one coming out in 2020, but I think it came out on Shudder, which is another streaming service that I just couldn't put another streaming service in my life. So I missed this one. But if you want to watch it, you can rent it on Amazon for like three bucks. I think also if you have the Roku channel, you can watch it there. Basically, you can watch it anywhere where you rent movies. So if you're looking for a new horror movie like I am with, with a bit of a classic take, I would also suggest, like you guys did, The Dark and the Wicked. I would give it four out of five bloody fingers. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. So we finally have it, our first look at the new animated Super Mario Brothers movie, one of the most beloved video game franchises of all time, the most recognizable, I would say probably the most famous video game character to ever exist, and I think that's why so many people had so many things to say when it came to the casting of this movie when it comes to Chris Pratt being the voice of Super Mario. So we'll get into all of those questions that have been raised going into that. And now that we have our first look and listen at the voice, we'll explain where we all stand on this now. But before I get into that, here's just a little bit of the Super Mario Brothers trailer, which is coming out next year on April 7th, 2023. I finally found it. 
Now who's gonna stop me? What is this place? Do not touch that mushroom, you'll die! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that one's perfectly fine. Come on, Mario! Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. So let's unpack that trailer here. You have Chris Pratt as Mario. And I'll admit, I was one of the people who was a little bit hesitant of the casting. I think Chris Pratt is a fine actor. I like him in a lot of movies. I like him in the Jurassic World movies. At least the first one, a little bit of the second one. I think he's really great in Guardians of the Galaxy and that you know, crossing over into the Avengers movie. So I am a fan of some of his work. I wouldn't put him in my top 10 or even top 20 actors, but I'm not on the team of hating Chris Pratt. I think the decision to get him to play Mario is because he is a recognizable name. And that is kind of the reality we have to face when it comes to an animated movie coming out in 2022. You need bankable stars. You need people that will draw viewers in you need people that can promote this movie on a big major platform and you need people who are going to pay to go and hear their voices in this movie that's just the world we live in today would it be amazing if we had the actual person who voices super mario in the video games that we all know and love yeah that would be cool but that's just not what they do when they make a movie like this. I also think that as much as we would want that as fans of this video game, I don't know that it would work entirely. Really, the Mario voice we know only speaks in sound bites. It's the quick, let's go. It's the quick, wow. You know, it's those really bursts of Mario that we've all come to know and associate with. So I'm a little bit more open now to hearing Chris Pratt and this entire movie. I do think some of the voice selection that I've heard in the trailer is interesting that they did kind of mess with people's voices a little bit. At the beginning of that clip, you heard Bowser, who was voiced by Jack Black, and his voice has like a deepening effect on it. And it took me a second to remember that that was Jack Black. You also have Keegan-Michael Key as Toad in that trailer. And it sounds like his voice is pitched up and really animated in a different way. But somehow Chris Pratt's voice is... A little bit closer to his. Also in the movie, we will have Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. You would know her from Queen's Gambit. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia as Luigi. And the one I'm most excited about is Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. <laughs> I think that'll be great. And I think we also have a false pretense that video game movies are good. And even as much as I found myself enjoying... Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, I think even the best video game movies are just decent movies altogether. And maybe that's because video game movies are relatively new. The first one came out in 1993, and it was none other than Super Mario Bros. starring John Leguizamo, which came out on May 28th, 1993. And that movie is seen as being kind of a flop. But again, I think it's because we all grew up playing Super Mario. I know I did in the 90s where Super Nintendo was widely popular. And for me, it probably came to the most I played it was on N64 and Super Mario N64 is one of my favorite games ever. And then even as a teen and adult, whenever the Wii came out, I was still playing Super Mario in some capacity, whether it be the marquee game or in Mario Kart. So I think the character crosses so many generations. 
And by looking at the visuals in this trailer, I think it actually looks pretty good. It kind of gives me those N64 Super Mario vibes, but a lot more detailed. And I like how it just kind of feels like that video game brought to life, which I can't remember the actual last time that that was done particularly well. Usually in video game movies that are this popular, it is live action and the video game characters being portrayed in the real world. But I like that this one is just a straight up animated movie. I think that gives it a lot of promise that it will be true to the video game, which is always the hard thing to do. And I think is why historically these movies don't do so great because we compare them to the video games, which we spend a lot of time with. It's kind of like when people read a book and then go watch the movie based on that book. And it can never live up to that same expectation because your imagination and the story just has so much more places to explore in a book. It's the same way with the video game. You can spend hours and hours playing a video game and exploring that world. And then in a two hour movie, only like three parts from that video game are portrayed accurately. So I think that is where this movie can greatly benefit from being completely animated movie. And until we get a Dark Knight type movie for a video game movie, I think that we will have to take them for what they are. They are just fun movies and fun to watch because we grew up with these video games. But again, that is the Super Mario Brothers movie coming out next year on April 7th, 2023. Let's go. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that'll do it for another episode here of the podcast. Before I hop out of here, I got to give my listener shout out. And last week I mentioned that if you listen to the interview with Corey Feldman talking about the Lost Boys and commented with the vampire emoji, I would pick one of those people to shout out the following week. So I have randomly selected someone who commented with that vampire emoji. And this week's shout out goes to could be Alicia or it could be Alicia underscore Noel who wrote, love the interview vampire emoji. I am excited to see how you like watching the Marvel movies in the new order. To update you guys, last week I talked about I am watching all of the Marvel movies again in a new order. And the new order is I am just watching every character's solo movie in order. The update is I have started more of the Captain America movies and I'm currently on Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I'll do an entire episode based on my re-ranking and this new order of watching the Marvel movies. I'll post the entire list of how I end up watching these movies. Right now, I'll just say that I have enjoyed the Captain America movies more than I remember. I often kind of viewed them as boring, but I think since watching the Avengers movies and going back to see his origin story, I have a lot more respect for what Chris Evans did with Captain America. So that is my update for this week as I continue powering through again all of the Marvel movies, which I'm also just reminded how much I love these movies and how much they have impacted me over the years. So that'll probably take me a while to get through, but that is my big project that I'm working on and I will update you guys as that goes along. And until next week, go out and watch good movies and I will talk to you later. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. 
So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.